This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's get hyped. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. I, of course, am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson, and this week's special guest from KLIN. The Husker Tailgate Show. He's got his normal show Monday through Friday as well. Jack Mitchell, welcome back to the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to uh, join. It's not going to be as exciting when I listen to the show Friday driving home from work with myself on it and having seen it already, so you're taking that away from me. Uh, but other than that, it's a pleasure to be here. I love the podcast. Well, this time, because you're 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 on the show, you can see that Brunt actually dresses up all the time now. Oh, it's a- Brunt is wearing a sports coat with a, a, a shirt and no tie under it. It's I did not know there was a dress code for this podcast. It's if great. it makes you feel any better, I'm wearing basketball shorts with this. <laughs> Every time I get a news news a TV news person on any podcast, any interview ever, always ask them that question. Always, yeah. it's just a it's just a gimme. It's the free space. There you go. All right. Nebraska coming off of two straight wins, just beat Indiana, just beat Rutgers, heading to Purdue, a house of horrors because of all the sprinkler heads that are lined up throughout that stadium that have ruined Nebraska careers or at least seasons for several players. This is a big game. I I don't, I mean, I thought it would be a big game coming into the year because of where it sat in the schedule and thinking that Purdue is going to be pretty good. I no longer assumed it would be as big of a game when Nebraska got waxed by Oklahoma, but now off of two straight wins, three and three, Purdue has uh, has rebounded from a tough start where they lost to Penn State and Syracuse in the final minutes of each game to having won two pretty important Big Ten games for them against Maryland and Minnesota. We got uh, we got a, a pretty interesting Big Ten West game here with Nebraska and Purdue. What's uh, what's the enthusiasm level for you, Jack? Coming off of that fourteen uh, thirteen win against Rutgers. And I feel like it's kind of sneakily it's 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 a sneaky big game in that if Nebraska and I understand we'll get to the predictions later and I understand they're the underdog but like if they pull this off do people realize the the weird joyful world Nebraska fans are going to be living in do we realize that like this is the potential to be the uh the, the most exciting uh, 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 the most excited the fan base has ever been after a win since I don't know uh, Mike Riley against Oregon. Maybe I I I don't even know. Like you you're you're going into a two week bye week 
and uh, against Illinois coming into Lincoln, if you win that on top of the West in a game where you could, it's, it wouldn't be sarcastic anymore. Mike, I posted the big West standings sort of sarcastically like, Hey, Nebraska's in first place. Ha ha ha. Like the sarcasm goes away. If they win this game, it gets weirdly weird. It gets weirdly real at that point. If they actually win this game, not enough discussion this week about the upside of winning this game, especially given the context of how this season is going. Absolutely. All right. Well, this podcast is to get people excited for this game. And we're going to go ahead and dive right into what we normally do. And we're going to start with a pretty banged up Nebraska team. Brian Christofferson, a lot of injuries coming out of that Rutgers game. Where where are you maybe most concerned about Nebraska's depth after another round of uh, potential day-to-day injuries for guys like Travis Vokalek, Luke Reimer, Quentin Newsom? I'm not sure on the status of Omar Manning. It seems like he's likely out uh, mm-hmm. for Saturday. Where where do things kind of sit with Nebraska's injuries right now? Uh, most worrisome is definitely the defensive side of the ball with uh, Reimer, you know, and in his situation. Um, he came over to the sideline and kind of doubled over a little bit, and I thought maybe for a second he got the wind knocked out of him or something, but they just kept looking at him and it took him away. I think that was late first half. Didn't see him again. You know, uh, Malga Clements did play pretty solid in his absence, but Reimer was playing at a really high level and grading out about as well as anybody on the defense the last couple of weeks until that injury. So that's a guy who you'd love to have. Bill Bush said um, on Tuesday uh, night that he had talked to him and he was feeling pretty good, but he didn't really get into specifics of what that meant as far as playing. I think the other worry is Quinton Newsom, and that sounds like it was a groin injury. His, uh, he was slowing the giddy up as he was coming out in the second half. I was kind of watching him. He was trailing everybody in the warm-ups. And uh, it could be a deal where, again, you have young Malcolm Hartsog on one island and uh, a, the, a great story in Brandon Moore, who is a six-year senior on the other side. But that's a tall task against this team compared to the last team they played where the QB play was so suspect at Rutgers. I think Volklick's going to be fine. I'm not saying he's hundred percent, but I think he's going to play. He popped back in the game. Manning, I would really doubt he was on crutches uh, the whole second half. Jack, for the people that are unaware, you have been basically the president of the bomb the ball fan club for roughly, I don't know, Years. 20, 20 years, is that fair? Uh, it's, uh, it's been years? in that range. It's been over a decade, for sure. Yeah. So is this the most bomb-the-ball connection that you can think of in that time range where you have Casey Thompson, who's aired it out a little bit, and then you actually have a guy in Trey Palmer that has really kind of come into his own. You have the huge catch against Indiana. And then on a sudden change, even though it was a little bit of a shorter field, they went over the top on Rutgers on that 27-yard touchdown. You know what it is, Mike? It's sweet, sweet vindication for the club, uh, the bomb the ball club. Finally, after years of speaking out and trying to change the perceptions of bombing the ball, trying to make it more socially accepted, accepted, you can see the steps that we've made, the inroads that we've made with this program. And somehow, somehow, it has now become the bread and butter play for Nebraska when they say, hey, you know what? The offensive line isn't blocking too well. The running game isn't doing much. What's the only thing that we can do? You guessed it. Bomb the ball. Keep bombing the ball. Keep bombing the ball. Draw some pass interference calls. Trey Palmer is great finding the ball, especially when he doesn't have a safety over the top. And I think it is now 
that is now the uh, the identity of this offense. It's crazy how key those 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 bombs to Trey Palmer have become for this offense. It certainly uh, certainly can allow them to put points up on the board in a hurry. Michael Brunts, where do you see Nebraska attempting to attack Purdue this Saturday? I mean, obviously, a lot depends on the offensive line play that you're going to get. A lot depends on sort of uh, how open Trey Palmer can get and who's available for you as pass catchers. So what, how do you how do you see Nebraska trying to put together a game plan against the Purdue defense that over the last few years has gotten a lot better? Yeah, and it's a veteran defense too. Like that's, you know, they're not particularly flashy, but they are steady. I mean, they're a top 25 defense. They <laughs> – They've recovered nicely from their their one year at, at uh, with, with Bob Diaco at the helm there, and I think what they can do is is they're just going to make Nebraska kind of chunk it. I mean they're they're gonna they're they're, go, they're the anti bomb the ball defense, and what what they're going to make Nebraska do is is run the ball, and they haven't given up a hundred yard rusher this year. They are, I think they average about ninety six a game on the ground is what they give up. And they can give you a little pressure. And, you know, I, I think for Nebraska, you have to establish some semblance of a run game um, in spite of your offensive line struggles, in spite of the, the horse track grass that you're going to encounter at ross Aid Stadium. I wonder how much that affects Anthony Grant's running style. Uh, but I, I think it's got to start there. It's, it's pretty simple. Just run the ball and keep Casey Thompson upright. Those, those are, you know, two – Big goals, they they shouldn't be difficult, but that that's where we are. So, I, I think you're going to have to to run it. You're going to have to mix in a little bit of play action and take some deep shots to keep them uh, a, a little bit honest. But um, you know that this is a game that Nebraska is going to have to be efficient offensively, and that's not something that they did particularly well against um, Rutgers really at any point. So that's the challenge. Jack, before we switch over to the defensive side of the ball, just from your perspective of of how he's played this year, what does Casey Thompson kind of look like to you? And has he been, as you expected, better than expected or a little less than expected? Um, I, I think he's been I think he's been better than expected in that I, you know, and he hasn't been perfect by any means. I mean, we've we've seen him throw interceptions, we've seen him miss open guys but I think just kind of I think the biggest thing that I think of when I think of him is is poison and, and you really need to have that when you've got so much pressure that is coming in constantly and he's been able to hit his accuracy in those deep throws frankly guys has been really impressive and so I think you know I I, I think he's been more than I probably hoped for and when that offense has gotten rolling especially on those opening drives now it didn't happen as rut against Rutgers but man, he's looked like his best self on those as well. And so, yeah, I still it, it's it's just crazy, Mike, because you know it, Nebraska not having the season they'd like to that could still change. But yet you've got a you've got a case that they're as uh, as solid at quarterback. And no offense, to Adrian Martinez, who I guess is in the Heisman race right now, but you probably have what the third best quarterback in the Big Ten right now, uh, arguably at this point. And so that's yeah, that's not an issue. I just you just got to keep him healthy, which is is going to be a concern for the rest of the year, I think. No doubt. It's a challenge when you're pressured on like 60% of your, your dropbacks right now, as it seems like has been for Thompson. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. BC, when, when I asked about injuries, you, you mentioned Luke Reimer and you talked about that. What does a picture look like at the second level? if you're only getting Luke Reimer for some of the snaps or potentially even none of the snaps on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're going to be calling on Va uh, Malga Clements to step up for some snaps. Um, you know, maybe they go a little bit more D DB heavy in some cases. Um, Chris Kolarovic, I think you'll see uh, out there at certain points, you know, obviously Nick Hendricks will be a, a key guy. Uh, but you know, those, those are your main guys that are going to sub in. There's not a lot of dramatic personnel moves you can, you can make really. I keep thinking, uh, or thought a couple weeks ago, we were going to see Omar Brown sort of really emerge, you know, uh, as a, par- a central part of the defense, or at least a guy who's half in half out. And that really hasn't happened. He's been out there in bits and pieces, but they've really trusted Isaac Gifford, uh, for the most part there. And I think you kind of expect they're going to continue to do so. When I think of second level, I, I think of Gifford as that sort of guy, and I think he's going to have to have the game of his life. I mean, I just think he's going to have to play uh, really well um, in tackling in space and just being a great cover guy and uh, just just be completely dialed in. And um, I guess this is sort of the example of Bill Bush's defense where we see we've heard all about the simplification and playing faster and having your feet set and what that means. Uh, but this is a whole nother animal. I feel like I don't want to build, per, I don't want to build up Purdue into something beyond that. You, you can't stop. I mean, they beat Florida Atlantic by two points, you know, they, they're a team you can compete with, but I do think they're, they're far different than their Rutgers and they're going to challenge guys in space. Uh, like we haven't seen the last couple of weeks. And we didn't even see against Indiana because of those injuries to key wide receivers, if we're honest. Bruns, did did anyone make a better business decision than Charlie Jones leaving Iowa for Purdue right now? Uh, He's at 603 yards receiving, which I'm sure is more than Iowa has thrown for this year. And he has seven touchdown receptions. How is Nebraska going to go about trying to stop Charlie Jones? Well, I mean, the only saving grace is he might have the one touchdown pass that Spencer Petrus has thrown so far this year. So um, that might be, you know, there's a little bit of uh, uniqueness there that he's missing, but yeah, I mean, he's going to be a tough matchup and, you know, you look at the way Purdue's offense kind of functions and and, and what Nebraska doesn't might not have fully in this game on defense I'm a little concerned about Payne Durham. I mean, the the tight end for Purdue is very good up the seam. Um, I'm curious to see how Nebraska chooses to match him up because 
do you, do you go with a, a banged up Luke Reimer? Is it Kolarovic? Is it Gifford? I mean, you, you've got options. I, I don't know which is the best, but those two guys really concern me. And and you talk about what Jones is doing. I mean, everybody was all about David Bell and and kind of you know the production that he had. I mean, Jones has better numbers than Bell did, and that's uh. A, a little scary for a, a Nebraska secondary that is going to play a little bit more aggressive under Bill Bush is going to put their guys a little bit more on an Island. And you saw last week, I mean, if a, if a quarterback makes a couple good throws, they're, they're going to give up some deep balls. So that's, I, I think if you're Nebraska's defense, you're going to have to be okay with giving up a couple of those and kind of getting reset, which they've done well over the last two games. But, um, you know, you're going to have to be at least prepared for that this week, I think. Want to mention quickly, Payne Durham actually had 109 yards receiving last week against Maryland, and Charlie Jones only had 15 yards. So Purdue, they can do it a couple different ways, and Nebraska's going to little, have to he, it all. He was a little banged up, um, Brom said. This week he acknowledged that. So that's something to monitor with Charlie Jones. Um, I, I'm not saying he's not going to go, I just, but – I think that contributed to him only having 15 yards. Absolutely. Jack, one of the ways that Nebraska can slow down this passing attack and one of the ways that Purdue might be most vulnerable right now, they have a third string right tackle and Nebraska's pass rush has gotten better each of the last two weeks. Do you think this is a a big opportunity ahead for an O'Shawn Mathis and a Garrett Nelson and maybe even Ty Robinson and Colton Feast, all of whom have sacks in the last couple of games? Yeah, the the pass rush has definitely looked different over the last couple of weeks, and you know, I, I I think Indiana had some some holes in that offensive line when when they were doing it, and I think honestly that the defense one of the things that they've done is found a good way to attack some of the weaknesses in the defensive lines that they face, or excuse me, the offensive lines that they faced the last couple of times, some really well timed twists and those sorts of things, and and you know, Sean Mathis has has been a lot more active and. And Nelson has still been, I think, a, a bona fide pass rusher uh, throughout the course of this year. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say, Mike, if if this is a game that they want to be in, the pass rush has to be significant. The pass rush has – we have to be talking two, three, four sacks, uh, at least in this game, uh, for, for Nebraska to be able to slow down this offense enough to stay in the game. And, and I mean, look, I, I can't say that it's going to happen, but they're in a lot better position now to be able to say that's a possibility than they were, say, three, four weeks ago. This is just open for anybody. When's the last time Timmy Bleak Road attempted a field goal? I legitimately don't know. Ooh. Was it the Oklahoma Did, game? Nope. I'm fairly certain it was against Georgia Southern and he made it. But this is the longest stretch I can think of of Nebraska uh, football attempting a field or without attempting a field goal. Wouldn't it have been the field goal at the end? Oh, yeah. The Georgia Business one. Yeah, there you go. Left a sour taste in his mouth. (laughs) Nebraska has not – they have not attempted a field goal since, which seems remarkable across 12 quarters. And it's not like they haven't had opportunities to. They just keep not getting first downs in the red zone or are in a position where they kind of have to go for it. So throwing that out there. All right, let's dive over to prediction time. Oddly specific predictions, everybody's favorite part of the show – we're very curious uh, what Michael Brunts is going to go with this week. Feels like he and BC had uh, a pretty good time out there in Rutgers in terms of their predictions. 
Yeah, I don't know we, how everything else went, but we that we, went na- well. we nailed ours. Nebraska fans are probably lucky you didn't nail yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, Eric when they Crook went Shank. up fourteen thirteen and we're kicking the ball off to Crookshank, I thought to myself, "Did you just do something here? Is this going to be on you somehow?" BC but, leans over to me and goes, "I hope Schaefer isn't right here." <laughs> <laughs> But as we know, Travis Vokalek did have six catches and a touchdown last week, as predicted here on the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. We only missed the touchdown length by, I believe, six yards. So there, there's we're, we're riding high over here. Um, I, I think it's going to be another tight end type game. Um, I, I'm going to go oddly specific, though, with Purdue's tight end. I think Payne Durham goes for 112 yards receiving on Saturday, I think he has a big game. I think Nebraska struggles uh, to cover him. You, you're going to get a couple of the maybe a missed tackle or something like that, but 112 for him. I also think that Anthony Grant is going to break Purdue's streak of not having or not giving up a hundred yard rusher. So uh, 104 for Anthony Grant. He kind of falls forward for those extra couple yards late to get the hundred. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a productive day for those two guys. I like it. BC, what do you got? Nebraska's going to score a defensive touchdown and it's going to come on a fumble recovery. I have a, I get sometimes particular, uh, Husker plays from the past in my head sometimes that bring forth these predictions where I like, we'll kind of duplicate this. It'll be sort of like the Miami 14 game. Uh, who is their back who fumbled it? Um, Josh Mitchell picked it up. Remember, it, it was just like, oh, here's the ball, and it'll it'll come out to Marquise Buford, and he's going to run it 59 yards for a touchdown. It's going to kind of nine. Yeah, it's going to be Purdue's drive, and it'll be one of those plays. It also will remind me of uh, this is maybe too far back for you, Schaefer, but uh, Kansas State, Nebraska, the year they had Michael Bishop, Ralph Brown recovered a fumble and ran it back, and it kind of kept them in the game, even though it felt like they're outmanned a little that day. Um, I'll say Marquise Buford runs a 59 yard touchdown back and it's sort of like, okay, they could do it still when they're behind. That's what's going to happen. Wasn't that 1998 for, for Michael Bishop? Yeah. I I mean, you were alive. I was alive. (laughs) I, I certainly remember Michael Bishop. I remember Nebraska losing that game. Yeah, sorry. I, I shortchanged you on that one. I was like, yeah. how, like, how deep are you going here? Are we talking like late 80s Kansas State? Where Back when it? Lynn Dickey was the quarterback of Kansas State in 1962. Or, yeah. right. I'm, I'll get mine in because it's kind of similar to BC's. I think Nebraska's going to have a takeaway on Saturday that stems from O'Shawn Mathis batting a pass up in the air, similar to how he did against Rutgers on Friday night, getting a big pop there, active hands. Nebraska's defensive linemen have done a nice job with that this year. Probably don't get enough credit for it. They have several breakups that way. But he's going to bat one up that Nick Henrich is going to run under and catch, but he will not return it for any positive yards because he will make a sliding catch to get this ball at the 37-yard line, leading to a touchdown from Nebraska on the very next play. As the bomb the ball club celebrates greatly, Trey Palmer hauls it in. What a two-play sequence for Nebraska. Head, for, head first or feet first on the slide? <laughs> it's it's going to be like a baseball center fielder sliding underneath, with starting with their legs, you know, sliding under it and catching it that way. Okay. 
All right. Thanks for the clarification. I did need to get that in there. <laughs> I just want to know I'm looking. I want to know when I see it. Yeah. Jack, the table is set. Bring it all home. Second quarter. Nebraska is down by, uh, let's see, we're going to say down by 10 to Purdue early in the second quarter. Purdue will have just scored a touchdown. They will kick off to Nebraska. Nebraska will start around their 25. They will go three and out. They will set up to punt. And Nebraska's got nothing to lose. They're the underdog in this game. It's time to get crazy. And what is this? A fake punt on fourth down and short. Brian Buschini is going to throw the ball. It is going to land harmlessly incomplete. I'm going to lose my mind. But then all of a sudden, that little yellow graphic is going to pop up <laughs> on the screen. Roughing the punter while passing. 15 yards. Keeps it alive. Nebraska finishes up the drive. They cut it to a three-point game before halftime and it changes the tenor of the entire game. I love everything about that. I love it all. I hope but, we get to see it. Do we have do we, how about a bonus pick? What what random penalty are the Big 10 refs going to emphasize this week? Illegal man downfield. <laughs> We're going to get a lot <laughs> of actually, illegal. That's actually a really good one. Yeah. There's going to be 20 illegal men downfield in this game throughout. It's just going to be sideline interference everywhere. <laughs> I was thinking hands to the face, but I like the illegal man downfield. No, yeah. I'm good with that one. All right, pick to click time. I'll get mine out of the way. Garrett Nelson, three and a half sacks the last two games. I think he gets another one and a half sacks on Saturday. That'll put him up to, uh, I believe, six for the season, a new career high for Garrett Nelson. Jack, where are you going? Going to be a lot of focus on those bombs we talked about to Trey Palmer. There's another receiver out there who's got a lot of bulletin board material because everybody's talking about transfers from Iowa dominating this game, but they're forgetting one of the transfers from Iowa at this point. Oliver Martin goes triple-digit yards in this game. Thanks wow! to one 65-yard bomb, plus plenty of catches when the focus is on Trey Palmer. Triple digits for Oliver Martin. The transfer from Iowa you want to talk about this game. Jack, if you could find a, a line out there for Oliver Martin to finish with more yards than, than Charlie Jones, would you make a trip across the, Cameron, uh, the river? Cameron. I'll go I'll go to the Bob Carey Bridge right now. <laughs> BC. Um I this is a little bit of a gamble, but I'm gonna say Jock Yant um pops Whoa. up in a key like and sort of be, has a key couple series where uh, where he maybe gets a little something going. I, I felt like he ran really hard when he got in there for his three or four carries, and in fact, almost busted about a 60-yarder if he would have got through that uh, guy got him by the shoestring, I think. But um, Jock Yant, I'm not saying 100 or anything. I'm just saying he has a solid game as a compliment to Anthony Grant and I think could be important. Brunt? Uh, I, am not gonna, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of statistics to back this up. It's going to be more anecdotal, but I think Ty Robinson and Colton feast are going to just muck things up in the middle of that defense. They they've been playing well the last couple of weeks. I, I think Nebraska has been doing a better job of rotating up front to keep them fresh. But I, I think Ty Robinson especially is going to have a nice game here Going to make it, make it a little tough sledding for the Purdue running game. Maybe you see a half sack, maybe a tackle for loss from him. Um, but I, I think those guys are going to continue to uh, flash uh, in, in this game. All right, let's do it. I have no idea what anyone's going to predict with this game. Purdue right now is a 14-point favorite, I believe, is where the line sits. We'll just reverse our way backwards. Michael Brunsk, where are you going? Yeah, I – Purdue's a tough matchup, I think, because we've seen that they can do 
kind of different styles of play and, and win. I mean, they went up to Minnesota and, and kind of played um, Big Ten West ball. Um, they, they can chuck it around the yard a little bit. I think Nebraska's magic carpet ride ends this week. However, I think it's going to be a Nebraska cover. So I'm going to say Purdue 29, Nebraska 23. Okay. Yeah. BC? Yeah, I, I, I'm picking Purdue as well. Um, but I will say that I what Mark Whipple the other day when he said, you know, we, we sucked at practice last week, basically. It's like we, we stunk it up on offense, but we've had a really good couple of days. And I know people don't like to hear. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I know people hate that. They hate that. Like this was we had the best two days we've ever had. They think of Frost right away. Uh, but I did like I trust old Whipple that he's just truthful with us. And the fact that he's like, yeah, we stunk it up last week. Didn't shock me. We played like crap. And I coach like crap and uh, all that stuff. So I took that as like, if you're a Husker fan who wants to believe it was sort of an optimistic thing, like, well, okay, that makes sense. Cause they sure look like dog crap on offense. So at least they were practicing like it. And maybe this week it's different now that the boys are getting after it behind the scenes. That said, I think they will be better on offense, but I think they're going to have trouble with some of the guys they might have to fill in for on defense. Purdue's going to score a, uh, a little too much. And I'm going to say 34 to 24 in an entertaining game. Um, but, but too much, uh, too much Aiden O'Connell, too much tight end. That's what I think. Jack, the universe owes me a groin kick. It's been two weeks without, I haven't gone that long, Mike and, and, uh, 24, seven guys for months, years. It's been forever. <laughs> so the I've ice pack is, the ice pack is ready to go. The ice pack is starting to get freezer burn. It's been in there so long. I wish I didn't believe this, but it's got to be due. But it's got to be done in a heartbreaking way. So it's not going to be a 20-point loss. The line in Vegas isn't right. I agree with you guys. The line is too big, but it'll be higher scoring. Give me Purdue 34, Nebraska 30. Get that ice pack ready. It's the Big Ten West. West. Nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. Nebraska 28, Purdue 24. I'm doing it. it. Good. Too many turnovers from Aiden O'Connell. The Boilermakers not primetime ready. Mickey keeps winning at night. This thing rolls into a big home game against Illinois. Who the hell has ever said that sentence before? You're going to be saying it for two straight weeks. College game day watch. College game day watch. Does uh, does Trev come into the locker room then and either it's a video like, I'd like to announce something. This is your head coach. And, and then it's like Mickey's the guy. It's all over. I, don't right. think that, I, I, I literally don't gotta, think they, they can't fit another person in that visiting locker room. It's so tight in there. <laughs> yeah, that's He's going to be doing it from the ramp where all the, uh, the equipment <laughs> the, things are going up. Yeah. The That'd equipment be would be too noisy that it kind of intercepts the audio. What so you don't hear it. What? <laughs> I think he said he's the permanent head coach. <laughs> is there any, have you guys checked, is there any rain in the forecast? So that way you can be standing there doing your interviews in the rain in West Lafayette. 62 and sunny time. on Saturday is what okay. I understand. That that right. that field's still going to look terrible, but uh, no rain. All right. There you have it. The Husker Hotcast getting you ready for Saturday at 630 
against Purdue. Jack Mitchell, appreciate your time as always. Thank you for having for, me. I appreciate it. Yep. For everybody else with Husker 24-7, Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunt, I'm Mike Shaver. Be sure to check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage leading up to this game. Plenty of coverage coming out after it. Be sure to stop by. We'll catch you next week with more podcasts. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.